We are stepping into this month and we believe we've got some direction from the Lord on where you and I are to set our faith. He gave us a couple of words to be thinking and speaking and believing. A couple of words considering this month and then the the time beyond it. He said this will be a time of increase to overflow. Can we say it together? Increase to overflow. And we're going to spend the next several weeks, all this month, talking about prosperity, about God's plan for prosperity, what the Bible has to say about it. But prosperity, abundance in any area of your life, whether it's in your spirit, your soul, or in your body, or materially, or financially, anything naturally, it's just like any other gift of God's grace. It has to be received by faith. Everything God is and all that God does through Jesus, it's grace. That's how you recognize grace. Grace itself is a gift. That's what the word literally means. And every gift that God gives us through Jesus is recognized as grace. Salvation is the simplest example of that. That is a gift of God's grace, which means you didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. God gave it to you, but it still had to be received. How? By faith. God has given this gift of his grace to all men all over the world. So why isn't everybody walking in it? Because it takes faith to receive it. And everything God gives by grace has to be laid hold of and received by faith. The gift of his Holy Spirit. That's a gift of grace. You didn't work for it. You didn't earn it. You didn't fill out any paperwork. You didn't check any boxes. The Holy Ghost was a gift to you. And it's a gift of grace. But there's many people, even Christian people, church-going people, not walking every day of their lives in the power of the Holy Ghost. Haven't received the infilling and the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence and manifestation of speaking in other tongues and and having that power come on them to witness and the, the power to live life and the power to be directed. The Bible says as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they're the sons of God. Many believers are not walking in that because that gift has to be laid hold of and received, how? By faith. By faith. And many people are just waiting for something to fall on them. Well, if God wants to save me, he'll save me. That's not how it works. He has saved you. You got to speak back. You got to respond to it in faith. All that to say, every good thing, every gift of God's grace has to be received by faith, including his plan to prosper us. Prosperity, which we know in this church, belongs to us in every area of our lives, spirit, soul, and body. That's what we call whole life prosperity. But it all has to be received by faith. People are guilty of saying, well, you know, God willing, he'll provide. But, you know, he provides for some, he doesn't for others. They do this where healing's concerned. Healing, healing of the physical body is what? It's grace. Somebody say it. It's grace. grace. I need you to shout it. It's grace. grace. Now, why do I have you shout that? Because y'all are sleepy a little bit. (laughs) You can wake yourselves and each other up. Say it again. It's grace. grace. It's grace. The healing power of God that's available to us through and by the stripes of Jesus that he took on his back. It's grace that has to be received by faith. By faith. And yet there are people going, well, we know God can heal. 
We know he has the power to heal, but we don't know if he's willing to. And some he's willing to heal and others he's not willing to heal. But, ooh, look at the size of that thing. (laughs) Feel free to kill it if it lands on you. Everybody listening to the podcast right now is like, what is going on? (laughs) Did you kill it? Praise God. Well done, man. Fly, you had to die. Every good thing has got to be received by faith. And if it all were just up to the mysterious will of God, then there would be no faith. How could you have faith in a God that you don't know if he wants to save you? You don't know if he wants to heal you. You don't know if he wants to give you the Holy Spirit. You don't know if he wants to prosper you. There there could be no faith. Faith is confidence. Faith is confidence. And one person said it like this. F.F. Bosworth in his book, Christ the Healer, said faith begins where the will of God is known. That's where faith starts. It's where you know what God's will is for you. And when it comes to receiving this gift of his grace that prospers us, spirit, soul, body, materially, financially, and in every area of our life, it is grace that's got to be received by faith. But how can you have faith for it if you don't even know if God wants you to have it? So what we're going to have to do right now here today before we step over into any of this for the rest of this month, is we're going to have to get some stuff settled. We're going to have to get some things established and settled in our lives and some things we don't question any longer. Some things about God we do not doubt ever again. Because if we're going to truly be in faith for him to prosper us and to see the kind of abundance that we believe he wants for us, we're going to have to be persuaded That it's his will for us. And that's what the Bible said about Abraham. You remember this from Romans chapter 4? It said there came a point where Abraham was fully persuaded. That what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Abraham was convinced of two things. He was convinced that God was willing and God was able. And he was fully persuaded of it. Fully. Fully. What does fully mean? All the way to the top. Fully persuaded. And that's the way we're going to have to be in our faith. Fully persuaded. I mean, if if you were and are born again, how'd you get that way? Because at some point you got fully persuaded. God wants to save me. Is there anybody in here that would raise a hand and and say, you are fully persuaded it's his will to heal? Look at that. Hands all over this room. You are fully persuaded. In other words, you can't be talked out of it. In other words, people can't convince you of anything else other than my God wants me well. He wants me whole. He wants me strong. This is what it means to be fully persuaded is you can't be talked out of it. And this is the place we have got to come to in our lives concerning his prosperity and his abundance. In Colossians, we've already been there today. Let's look at this also in chapter 1. Verse 9 says, For this reason, Paul writing to this church, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask 
that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is a prayer that Paul is praying. And we would all agree he's praying it at the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the good thing about praying what the Spirit of God wants you to pray, you know that this is a prayer God wants to answer. The Holy Spirit's not going to lead you to pray a prayer that God doesn't want to answer. And if you truly believe that every word in this book is spirit inspired, then you have to agree that this prayer he says he's praying is one that's being led and inspired by the spirit of God. Why would the spirit of God inspire him to pray that these people would be filled with the knowledge of God's will? Why would God lead somebody to pray that somebody else would be filled with the knowledge of his will? Why? Because God wants to fill them with the knowledge of his will. Can you see that connection there? Why would the spirit of God lead him to pray that? Because that's what God wants to do. And, and listen, let's just be honest. There are some people you want praying for you. And if you could have made a short list of people in your life, I want this one praying for me. I think the apostle Paul might have been somewhere on that list, right? Well, here we have these words recorded for all men for all time, which includes you and me. So he's praying just as much for us, praise God, as he was for that church all the way back then. The Spirit of God is still leading us to pray that we'd be filled with the knowledge of his will. This is what your pastors are praying for you all the time. Father, we pray over the church family, and I'm asking you today to fill them with the knowledge of your will. The knowledge of it. Now he goes on to say that you would be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Wisdom and spiritual understanding. Which should tell us there is a big difference between understanding something spiritually and understanding something naturally. Huge difference. Huge difference. And I don't know if you've ever experienced it, but if you keep walking with God, there will come times and experiences in your life where you get it. You understand something spiritually. All the while your head's going, huh? What? What are you talking about? I don't, I don't get it. But your heart, your spirit's just coming alive and it's going, shut up, you'll get it later. <laughs> what is that? That's understanding something spiritually. When you hear the word of God and you're going, that's it. That's my answer. That's what I needed. That's the answer to the problem. That's the solution. Oh, praise God. And like I said, your head's going, what, what, what? Tell me, tell me. I don't get it. Your spirit is alive. Your spirit's alive. That's understanding something spiritually. But he's praying for these people and praying for us that we would be filled with the knowledge of his will. If you are filled with the knowledge of his will, how much room is there left in you for anything else? None. Because you're full. You are full of the knowledge of his will. This is the prayer he's praying then. It's the prayer we're praying now. Why am I saying this to you? Because when it comes to being able to release faith, use our faith, Step and walk by faith. We have to be fully persuaded of some things. Because if you're not fully persuaded. Or if you're not filled with the knowledge of his will. That means there's still some room in you. 
for some doubt. There's still some room in you for some unbelief. There's still some room in your life that you can still be talked out of something. And this is where many people are failing to receive from God. They hear something, something preached. They hear the word and they think, man, that's good. Praise God, I believe that. And then it's met with some confrontation. It's met with some disagreement. Either through, you know, unbelieving family or unbelieving friends or people who don't quite think that way. Or it's met with an opposing set of circumstances that are there just for one reason. To try to talk you out of what you said you believe. But there comes a point. There comes a point, it doesn't happen in one day, it doesn't happen overnight. You go back to what we talked about for the last several weeks, it happens as you walk in it. That you become so fully persuaded that nobody can talk you out of it. No unbelieving family member, friend, co-worker, no symptom, no set of circumstances, nothing can talk you out of what you believe about your God and what his will is for your life. Now, you've already come to that place in salvation, haven't you? In other words, I dare say that nobody could come up to any one of you in this room who are born again and talk you out of that. Nobody could talk you out of that. Nobody could could talk enough to convince you that God may or may not love you, may or may not want you saved. You may not be one of the ones he's willing to save. See, you're fully persuaded. You hear that and you think, sorry, man, you came too late for me. I'm saved and I love being saved and I'm saved today and I'll be saved tomorrow and I'll be saved for all of eternity and I'm going to stand in front of Jesus on one day in eternity and he's going to say, I love you and I'm going to say, I love you too, Jesus. And, 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 and he's going to say, you saved, get on in here and oh, you can't talk me out of it. You can't talk me out of it. I said, you can't talk me out of it. What about your healing? Do you realize that symptoms of sickness in your life are just there trying to talk And baby, do they talk. They talk loud, don't they? They're trying to talk, talk you out of what you believe. Now, you can say, I believe God is good and I believe God heals. And and I know these scriptures on healing and by his stripes I'm healed and I'm redeemed from the curse and, and all that. But when symptoms of sickness and disease show up and you start thinking, well, I don't know. Maybe it's not his will. Maybe he doesn't want everybody healed, then what you know is you're not yet full. There's still some room to be filled with the knowledge of his will. Is it okay that I pray that over you? That you would be so fully persuaded that there's not room in you left for anything else. No more room for doubt No more room for unbelief. No more room for questioning his goodness or his love. You are fully persuaded of his will for your life. The knowledge of his will. So the question is, where do we get it? If we want to be fully persuaded, and if we can know his will, great. How? Where do I go to get that information? Hmm? How do I get full of the knowledge of the will of God for my life? 
Well, you got to start with this very simple question and answer it. Does God want you to know his will? You're nodding your head, yes, but do you realize how different that makes you from much of the rest of the body of Christ all over the world? There are many people in church this morning that would fight you on that and that would tell you that the will of God is too mysterious, it's too unknowable for us mere mortals to ever know or have or walk in. There are many people that believe that. And if you believe that, then you cannot have faith. You can have strong desire. You can have some wishful thinking. But unless and until you know the will of God, you will never confidently say anything about him. And there are people in church this morning who believe that about God's will. Too mysterious, too unknowable. His ways are too high. His thoughts are too high. So why even try? And yes, he did say that. My ways are higher than your ways. Yes, he did say my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. But if you go back and look at that, you'll find out he didn't say that as a way or a means of setting a limitation. He said it as an invitation. He said it as an invitation to come on up. My ways are higher, so won't you come up to them? My thoughts are higher, so start thinking these. It's not a limitation on us. It's an invitation to us to come up to his ways, his ways of thinking, his ways of speaking, his ways of living. So if we're going to be filled with the knowledge of his will, where do we go to get it? Let me tell you where you don't go. Can we start with that? Where you don't go is the traditions of men. And yet this is where many people are determining the will of God from tradition. But Jesus warned people about tradition. Did he not? He told these Pharisees, don't you love his boldness? He looked at the most religious people of that day, the so-called know-it-alls. Anybody know a know-it-all? You don't have to raise your hand, especially if they're like sitting by you or something, but We've all experienced know-it-alls. Can I tell you the only thing worse than a know-it-all? A spiritual know-it-all. They're the worst, man. They are the worst. I've met a few of them online. Um, but they are no fun at all. And Jesus took a real bold approach with the spiritual know-it-alls of the day. And he told them, he said, you have made the word of God of no effect. And you did it through your tradition. In other words, they had taken tradition, which is just simply, simply something that's handed from one person to another, from one generation to the next. And they took those traditions and they elevated those traditions so high that they quit paying attention to what God actually said about it. And Jesus said, you guys, you spiritual know-it-alls, y'all have taken, I think he said y'all, y'all have taken... <laughs> All the power out of the word of God. You have made it of no effect. Just through your tradition. And there are traditions of men concerning the will of God. And this family is what you and I are up against. 
in this, in this culture and in this religious culture, more than anything else, we are, we are fighting, we are running up against the traditions of men. There are people that believe things about God that they got from mama, her mama, daddy's daddy. Traditions that they have accepted as truth. And they have made decisions concerning God, his character, and his will. Not based on anything but those traditions. You can't go to the tradition. I said you can't go to the tradition to find out what his will is. Mark 7, 13, that same account, Jesus said, You've made the word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you've handed down. And many such things you do. He was talking to them about their giving. He was just using one example. But he was saying, you are doing this in so many different places in people's lives. You have replaced the word with tradition. Let me tell you where else you can't go to find the will of God. Somebody's experience or the lack thereof. And yet this is where people are drawing the determination of what God's will is for them and for everybody else, they use somebody's experience or somebody's lack of experience. In much the same way, people are basically just looking around and you say, well, what's the will of God? And they just point to anything going on and say, well, it's happening. It must be God's will. In other words, they say that there's nothing that happens in this world on this planet That's not God's will. And you're sitting there going, well, yeah, right? But the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 that in the last days, which we're living in, perilous times will come for men will be lovers of themselves rather than lovers of God. Can I tell you what it didn't say? That in the last days, perilous times will come because God willed it? Perilous times are coming and we're living in them, but that's the result of the choices of the people on the planet. All that to say that not everything is ha- that's happening is, is the apparent and obvious will of God. People are using experience or lack of experience to determine what the will of God is. And someone would say, well, I know somebody that was sick and believed God for their healing and they died. Well, somebody else would say, well, I know somebody who was sick and believed God for their healing and they walked out of that hospital room well and whole and they're alive today. So they take two experiences and the determination of God's will is, well, we just don't know. They decide that because someone experienced something and somebody didn't experience something, then that must mean sometimes it's God's will and sometimes it's not. That just means some God has chosen to save and some he hasn't. Some God has chosen to heal and some he hasn't. Some God has chosen to fill with his Holy Spirit and some he hasn't. Some God has chosen to prosper and some he hasn't. If that's the truth, I'm going home. Seriously, what are we doing here? If it's just going to happen no matter what, let's go eat. Anybody else with me on that? Because if it's, if it's up to his mysterious, unknowable will, unattainable, unreceivable will and plan, and no matter what we say or do or believe is going to happen, come on. 
Who's with me? We could get out of here at a good time today. We could be home in time for football. I mean, seriously, let's get out of here. Because faith has nothing to do with it. That's what the tradition of men says. That's what determining the will of God based on somebody's experience or the lack thereof says. And I think today in the time that you and I are living in and in this Christian culture that we're in right now, I don't know of any other message that has been met with more resistance than that of the message that says God wants to prosper you. Man, it's being resisted. It's being confronted. It's being challenged. It's being mocked. But God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. And you almost just scratch your head, don't you? I mean, it's a little bit confusing. I mean, think about it. We're on the heels of a global pandemic where millions upon millions of people got sick even unto death. We're not only on the heels of that, we're in the midst of what they're declaring is recession, inflation. You would think that at least Christian people would be going, I wonder if God has anything to say about health and wealth. And yet the moment you bring those two words into church, well, no, 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 that's just that prosperity gospel. That's just those prosperity preachers. Wouldn't you want to know if God had something to say about health? People are dying. Wouldn't you want to know if God had something in his word to say about increasing and prospering spirit, soul, body, even financially? Because people are losing jobs. People are losing houses. People are drowning in debt. Wouldn't you think that the, at least the Christian people would be like, God, you got something to say about this? Can you see that we are being met with such resistance over it in the name of tradition? We got some work to do, church. That's what we're going to do all this month. We are going to get so rooted. We are going to get so grounded. We are going to get so established. Look at scripture after scripture after scripture that proves undoubtedly that it is his plan. It is his will to prosper us. In every area of our lives. Amen. So if you can't go to tradition. If you can't go to experience. To tell you what, what the will of God is. Where then do you go? You go to his word. His word reveals his will. Can you say that with me? His word reveals his will. One more time. His word reveals his will. This is why we as a church family read our chapter, don't we? Here's the, the universal sign for yes. We read our chapter, amen? Every day, Monday through Friday. If you haven't been doing that with us, start with us again tomorrow. It's online. We've got Bible bookmark cards to tell you where we're at. We're looking at the same chapter every day as a body. And what's happening as we read the word every day, we are being filled. We're being filled up. And again, it's not something that happens once or in a moment or overnight. It happens as you read every day. You fellowship with him every day. You are being filled up with the knowledge of his will. His word reveals his will. 
you're familiar with that scripture, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. We've all heard it. We've all quoted it. God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah and he said, I know the, the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Now we all know that verse. We all love that verse. I imagine many of you have a pillow with it sewn onto it, maybe in your house somewhere. But if you were to take that verse, go back and put it in that chapter where you found it, God was not saying it so sweetly. What are you talking about? There were a lot of people in the nation at that time who had labeled themselves prophets and would say to the nation, I speak for God and God says and God thinks and God wills and one after the other, wrong, 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 wrong. Do you think this might still be happening in our world today? Yeah. And God finally came to the place where he was so fed up with it that he spoke through the one prophet that he had in the nation who was anointed to hear from him. And you know what he said? Hey, I know the thoughts. This isn't Jeremiah talking. This is God himself. I know my thoughts. You know how frustrating that would be, don't you? If somebody was going around town who didn't know you, never met you, never spent a day with you, had no idea what you or your life was all about. And they're just going around town saying, well, you know, they say this and they say that and they want this and they'll do that. And you're like, bro, I don't know you. And if I don't know you and you don't know me, you don't get to speak for me. This is what, this is what's happening where God speaks up and says, excuse me, I know my thoughts. You want to know what I think? I'll tell you what I think. Let me just throw this in here right now. Husbands, wives, so many discussions, (laughs) heated ones, could be turned down if we'd stop taking this tactic. You think this. You think that. You think, you think, you think. I don't know if anybody's ever said that to you and you go... I don't, don't, what are you talking, I don't think that. But how easily people take that as a tactic with each other. You want to know what they think. Here's an idea. What, I heard it. Ask. You want to know what God thinks? Ready for some revelation? Write this down. Ask him. Why? Because he's standing there going, I know what I think. I know what I think. I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord. You want to know what that verse goes on to say? Look it up. Different translations. I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. That was a good place to get excited right there, church. (laughs) This is what is on his mind. Now, you may hear other preachers. You might hear somebody who speaks on behalf of God. And I'm not trying to judge them or their ministry. There, there may be things they know about God in very deep and wonderful ways. Things I don't know. There's a lot of people who know a whole lot more than what I do. But I think if anybody, any man or woman of God, anybody who stands on the platform or behind a pulpit, if they were honest, they would say, for as much as I know, there's a lot I don't. For as much as I do know about him, There's a lot I don't, and there's a lot that I'm learning. 
And part of our assignment on this church, in this ministry, is to, is to dig into the word of God and see this part of him and present that to people. People who've never heard it or people who've been told otherwise. He wants, he's got a plan to prosper you. So if you want to know that and you want to be filled with the knowledge of that will, because if you're going to have faith for any of this prosperity, any of this abundance, you're going to have to be filled with the knowledge of his will in this area. And if you want to get that, there's only one place to go. It's to his word. It's to his word. Why? Because his word reveals his will. Now, let me add something to that that is in essence saying the same thing, but it's even more specific. Not only does his word reveal his will, Jesus, Jesus, who is the word made flesh. If you want to know what the will of God looks like, look no further than Jesus. The Bible says of him that he is the visible image of the invisible God. The Bible says he is the express image of God. Jesus even said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the will of God actually is not that mysterious. It's not unknowable. All you have to do is look at Jesus. Look at his life. Look at his ministry. Listen to his words. Because every word out of his mouth Every action of his life, everything was a demonstration of the will of God. So yes, you can go to his word, but, but narrow that down even further. I look at Jesus to find out God's will for my life. And if you do that, certain things, you can get filled with the knowledge of his will quick. If you will just look at Jesus, you'll find out. There's no need to question. He wills to save me. Can you see that? If you were to look at the life of Jesus and the price that he paid, and I mean, take an honest look at it and, 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 and read what he said and what he did and what he went through on that cross through death, hell, the resurrection, the ascension. If you took an honest look at it, you would not step back and think, well, that sounds good. I just don't know if it's for me. No, look at Jesus and you will find out. You will be filled with the knowledge of the will of God to save you. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, you cannot take an honest look at it and step back and say, sometimes he heals, sometimes he doesn't. We don't know if it's his will. The Bible says that Jesus healed them and that he never turned away one who came in faith. And there was one that came and said, if it's your will, if you're willing, you can heal me. And what did Jesus say? I will. I will. And that was written and recorded, not just for that man, but for the one sitting in these chairs. Here today, for all men, for all time, what's the answer to the question, do you will to heal me? What is it? I will will. I love one translation, which is it, Sarah, that says, of course I will. Of course I will. And in that moment, that man was filled with the knowledge of the will of Jesus. Healing is his will. Well, what about some of these other things we're talking about? 
Is there anywhere we can look to Jesus to prove whether or not it's the will of God to prosper us? Are you still with me? I know I'm taking a little bit of time. You happy? You good? You need to kind of move a little bit? You good? All right. Give me just one more minute or maybe two. Jesus said in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse 18, he stood up in the synagogue to read and he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim, or that's the same word as to preach, liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. You know what you're finding here as you read this? You are finding the will of God. That Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord's on me because he's anointed me to do this. This is my assignment. This is Jesus' assignment while he walked the earth. It's still his assignment today as he sits and intercedes for our, on our behalf in heaven. This is his assignment. It's very clear to see this is the will of God for all men. Now he said he sent me, he's anointed me to preach the gospel to who? To the poor. Now he goes on to say he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. What does a broken heart or a broken anything need? Healing. He sent me to preach recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty the captive. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And what you and I have to begin to understand is that until somebody meets Jesus, that's you. What's you? Poor brokenhearted, blind, held captive. That is the condition of all mankind until they meet Jesus. That is the condition. And I don't care how much money somebody's got in the bank, unless and until they meet Jesus, that's a poor man. That's a poor woman. They might be a poor person with some money, but they are poor. And this was the condition that all humanity was in. Until the Spirit of God came on Jesus and anointed him to preach the gospel to the poor. This is why I don't like the term prosperity gospel. That term is just something somebody made up. You don't see it in the scriptures. What you do see is prosperity in the gospel. To say prosperity gospel is essentially to say gospel gospel. It's the same thing. It's what Jesus was anointed to preach to the poor. Jesus was anointed to heal the brokenhearted. He was anointed to preach recovery of sight to the blind. He was anointed to set at liberty the captive. Because that's what everybody was. Poor, blind, broken, and captive. He was and is anointed to to deliver us all from that. Now there are people that hear it and go, yeah, but that's all spiritual stuff. He's talking about spiritual poverty. He's talking about a spiritual broken heart. He's talking about spiritual blindness. What do you think Bartimaeus would say? You remember blind Bartimaeus? Aren't you, I bet you anything he's glad today that Jesus didn't say, oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. I was talking spiritual blindness. No. And even if it is spiritual in its root, now this is where we're going. I hope you are wide awake and paying attention. This is where we're headed. Even if it is spiritual in its root, everything in the spirit 
is designed to overflow into the flesh, into this natural realm. So what he does for us in the spirit, check this out. Are you ready? We fill up with it. I said, we fill up with it. What if I were to hold in front of you an empty cup? And I, we'll, we'll probably do this as the weeks go. But if I were to hold in front of you an empty cup and I just start pouring a little bit at a time, where is the increase taking place? Is the increase taking place inside the cup or outside the cup? Inside. The increase, it is being filled. But if I just keep pouring and it just keeps increasing inside, 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 and that increase just keeps going up and up and up and up, there's coming a point where this cup's about to overflow. Now, where does the overflow happen? On the outside. This is what's going to happen to us this month. We are going to increase and increase and increase with the knowledge of his will. And we're going to get filled up with it. We might be empty vessels right now, but that's all right. We'll just keep staying with the word, keep staying in the word. And we're going to get filled up and filled up and filled up and filled up and filled up. And there's going to come a point. I'm telling you in the days right in front of us, we are going to get so full of the knowledge of God's will to bless, to prosper, to supply, to abundantly provide, that we're going to get so full of it on the inside that you're going to start to see it overflow on the outside. And that is prosperity. And this is why this prosperity message is not a get-rich-quick scheme. If you came in here thinking I was going to tell you how to, you know, turn this key and pull that lever and, you know, you'll be rich in the morning. That's not what this message is. This message is about getting so full on the inside. Filling up with the knowledge of his will. That you get so full that you begin to overflow with it. And the overflow of what takes place in this natural realm, whether it's physical health and wellness or it's material financial prosperity whatever it is that you're overflowing with out here where you can see it it's just the result of you getting filled up with it on the inside so if we're not seeing it yet what do you know we need to do keep getting filled keep getting filled keep getting filled amen would you stand up with me there's a whole lot more to this and i'm excited to get to share it with you Thank you, Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world. I wonder if you could say, do not be conformed to the traditions of this world, the traditions of men, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, what happens as the result of the renewing of the mind? That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You prove it. Your life is living proof of the will of God. But what did it come as the result of? The renewing of your mind. Now that word renewing, when you look it up, it literally means 
renovation. Do I have anybody in here that's ever renovated anything? You renovated an old house. You, 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 you took something old and dilapidated and run down and you renovated it. Well, what's the most fun part of any renovation process? Everybody knows this. Demo day. Demolition day. What is that? That's where you go in there and you just start ripping stuff out. You start ripping stuff out that is old. It's rotten. It won't hold nothing up anymore. You rip all that out and you replace it with stuff that's strong, that's new, that's fresh, something you can depend on. And you don't just put that stuff in there. Then you come back in and you reinforce it, right? This is the process that he said your mind has to go through. If you're going to prove the will of God, if you are going to prove that it's God's will to save, to heal, to deliver, to set free, and to prosper you, if, you're going to, if your life is going to be proof of that, you're going to have to start with the renewing of your mind. That's inside stuff. And you and I are going to have to start ripping out stuff, old traditions, old ways of thinking. And I'm sorry, but you might have to rip out some stuff mama said. You might have to rip out some stuff grandmommy said about God. I'm not saying she didn't know him. I'm not saying she ain't in heaven today. But there's a lot of stuff we've got in this tradition. Are you willing to take a hard look at what might be tradition in your life? And when you discover that it's not what the word says, you're willing to get in there and rip it out. And you're willing to get in there and replace it with some truth. Get rid of tradition. Tradition can't hold this up. Only truth can hold up what we're building. So you get in there and you begin to renovate. You begin to change. You rip out what doesn't belong. You put in what does belong. And that's all what takes place on the inside. And while you're doing that, the cup's getting filled. The cup's getting filled. The cup's getting filled. While you are renewing and renovating and restoring and rebuilding, the cup's getting filled. You're getting filled. You're getting filled. You're getting filled. And David said it like this in Psalm 23. You restore my soul. Is that something happening inside the cup or outside the cup? Inside. Your soul being restored is taking place inside. He said, you restore my soul. But you skip down a couple of verses and you know what he said next? You anoint my head with oil and my cup is all the way full. Is that what he said? No, my cup does what? Overflow. Increase, 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 overflow. Amen. That's where we're headed this month. Anything? Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord. Father, we thank you today for your word. We receive it as a gift and we thank you for it. We lay hold of it by faith. And in Jesus name, we begin right now ripping out tradition, ripping out um, thoughts and, and, and things that we received not from your word or as a revelation of your will, but things we assumed or, or based on our experience or somebody else's or somebody else's lack of experience. Lord, we, we are willing to rip every bit of that out today. And Lord, we commit to you that we're not just going to take somebody's word for it. We will take everything back to your word. Church, I'm talking to you. Don't even just take what I say. Take what I say and go back to the word with it. Find out if what we're talking about is truly in the word. And if it is, make the commitment to rip out what's not the word 
and replace it with what is true. Replace it with the truth. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, just lift your hands and worship the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we worship you, Lord Jesus. Can you say this after me? I believe it is the will of God to save me. I believe it is the will of God to heal me. I believe it is the will of God to give me his Holy Spirit. I believe it is the will of God to prosper me in every area of my life. To prosper me in my spirit. That's my relationship. My fellowship with him. To prosper me in my soul. My mind. My will. My emotions. And I believe it is his will. To prosper me in my body. In this natural realm. Physically. Materially. Financially, I believe it is his will. And I am being filled, filled, filled with the knowledge of his will. And I am increasing, increasing, increasing in my knowledge of God. Soon and very soon, I will be overflowing, overflowing, overflowing. With his goodness, his love, and his prosperity. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, there are several ways for you to contact us. Feel free to give us a call at 817-577-0180. You can also contact us through the Legacy Studios app or either of our websites. Giving options are available online at pearsonsministries.com and legacychurch.family. If you prefer, you can also text an offering. Simply text Legacy and any dollar amount to the number 28950 and follow the prompts. Be blessed today. We love you. And remember, you are always welcome here in the house of faith.